You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast. Enjoy the message. Uh, We've started a journey uh, talking about the fear of the Lord. We started talking about this last Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, we talked about some of the misconceptions of the fear of the Lord, that when people hear, uh, you know, the fear of the Lord, they are hearing it in the context of what man has uh, produced about fear, and it has been perverted, right? And uh, we talked about the fact that some people think that God's sitting up in heaven with a big bat ready to whack them over the head every time they make a mistake or, you know, every time they get out of alignment, he's just going to take that bat because he's angry at us or, you know, they look at him as he's just a big, bad, you know, whatever you want to say. I could say a big, bad mamma jamma, but, you know. (laughs) Uh, And so, but that we talked about last week is not who God is, right? That God is what? Love. And that is who he is. That is who his nature is. He is love. And we talked about the fact that you can't take the definition of love that the world has uh, propagated, right? But we have to take what the true word of love is, which is who he is. And he is agape. Amen. Agape love. Agape love is not selfish. It is pure. It is holy, right? Amen. And so we talked about recognizing that we truly will not understand the fear of the Lord if we don't understand he is love and that everything he does is out of the seat or the bed or the forest ground of love, right? Every subject that we talk about grows up out of love. And then we see that love uh, has boundaries, didn't we? We talked about in Genesis that he, even in with Adam, he gave Adam a boundary, right? And that's what love will do. But then we also gave a correct definition of what does fear mean? What does the fear of the Lord mean? And we defined it uh, to, uh, to revere, to stand in awe. It simply means to honor or esteem the Lord, right? It also means to be devoted to, to respect. It does have a context of dread or to be afraid because we said that uh, as you've been being taught on Sunday, there's an A side and a B side to God, right? And we're all going to stand before him. And we want to be pleasing unto him and we want to know that we've done what the Father has purposed for us to do with our lives in the earth. And if, if we haven't, then we're going to stand before that judgment seat and he's going to begin to what? He's going to begin to look at everything we've done. And don't think that you're going to stand before a holy God and not be in a place of awe. Amen. But he, he lets us know that 
when we fear him properly, that we really have nothing to what? Fear. When we honor him properly, uh, then we would not have anything to fear other than keeping the sense of in my heart that I never want to disappoint him. That I never want to do anything against him. Because of the price that was paid so that I could be in right standing with him, right? And so we went through all those scriptures uh, last week and talked about how the fear of the Lord and his love is so intertwined. And I don't know if I read this quote, but I got this from uh, John Bevere. John Bevere, he made this statement in one of his books. It says, we cannot truly love God until we fear him. Nor can we properly fear him until we love him. Amen? And so it's recognizable that the more you uh, know who he is and honor who he is, the more you're going to understand his love. But then at the same time, the more you are in love with who he is and you know about his love and have experienced his love because every born again believer has encountered his love. Have you not? In Romans 5, 5, he says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart the moment you call on the name of the Lord and you become a child of God, you experience a love that you've been looking for all your life. And then he lets us know in Revelations that we need to what? We need to make sure that we don't lose our first love. Because there's a consequence for it. And so he lets us know that we are to stir this love up that we have for him. And what's going to keep that love alive is that we fear him. Do you know that? What's going to keep that love alive within our hearts and that passion to be on fire for him? Because he says, I don't want you hot nor what? Or nor, he says, I don't want you lukewarm or I'm going to what? Spit you out of my mouth. So we're responsible to stay on fire for him. And one way that we're going to stay on fire for him is if we truly recognize what the fear of the Lord is and how to honor him. All right? And the benefits that come from honoring him. And we read a couple of scriptures. I want to just remind you of our main text in Psalms 111 and verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. So the fear of the Lord is just the beginning of wisdom. Just the beginning. And he says it in uh, Proverbs 9, verse 10 through 11. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied and your years of life will be added unto you. And here, 
in this context, in this scripture, out of the Amplified, it says it this way, the reverent fear of the Lord is the beginning, the prerequisite, the absolute essential, the alphabet of wisdom. So it's the beginning. It's the very first thing that if we really want to tap into who God is, who is all wisdom, then we must recognize that we are to honor him. And once we honor him, right, and begin to have a life that wants to honor him, then we can begin to tap into that wisdom. But not only what's so important about this wisdom is, is understanding, Because wisdom without understanding is no good. Because understanding is actually where we begin to apply it to our life. Do you know there's many people that sit in church Sunday and Wednesday and they hear and have uh, all of this wisdom that's being brought to them about God, yet if they don't take the time to gain understanding so that they can practically apply it to their life, then it is useless. It's useless. So understanding is very important. But you don't gain wisdom or understanding by just hearing. By just hearing. There is another application that must take place, and that is to do what you're hearing. To do what you're hearing. That's why he said in that first scripture that I read out of Psalms 11 verse 10. It says who have understanding all those who do his commandments. And we're not just talking about the ten commandments. We know his word is his command. Amen. His word, the full counsel of the word of God is his command. There's the Ten Commandments. There was very many more of the commandments, but we know his word is a command to us, isn't it? Amen. So we must be doers of it, and it comes through uh, recognizing that we have to understand some things. I wanted to just break this word understanding down just a little bit and then we'll get into where I want to go. Understanding means that you are working the word in your life. When we're talking about being a doer of the word, because remember the Bible says we are to what? Live by faith. Not that we are to just have faith in God and acknowledge who he is. But the Bible says we're to live by this faith. And so living by faith means that we must understand how to appropriate faith in our everyday life and walk it out. Amen. Amen. And so it means that we have to be a worker of the word in our life. That is actually what uh, understanding means when you look it up. It means you are going to produce. You're going to actually work the word. You're going to work it. You're going to produce. All right? And uh, we know that we must receive the word 
Because the word is what uh, Mark talks about is what? Seed. So every time, listen, you receive the word sown into your heart, you are to take that word and, and gain understanding of what it means so that I can apply it to my life and work it in my life so that it produces. The word is to produce in your life. Every promise of God, come on, is to produce in your life. Okay? Every promise of God. If he lets us know that we can overcome depression because the joy of the Lord is our strength, then guess what? We have to work that word in our lives so that it will produce joy. Right? And so this is the thing when it comes to anything his scripture says belongs to us. We have to work the word. We want it to produce in our life. And it comes when we take, take in the seed of the word and gain understanding. And the ones that will fear him, the ones that truly honor him are the ones that will actually try to get understanding. Right? Because you can hear all day long what the Bible says. And you can listen to the preacher on Sunday and Wednesday. But if you never take what he says home with you and pull the word out for yourself and begin to say, Lord, I need to know how to put this in my heart and how to work it in my life so that it will produce, then guess what? You're not going to have it. Because it must be worked. It must be worked with belief. All right? With belief. So, here we understand that we are to gain understanding of the word. And if we fear him, then we will we'll want to do the word in our life. Don't say you fear God. Don't say you honor him when you don't keep his word. You can't say it. And there's many people that are struggling coming to church day after day and seeing nothing produced in their life because the bottom line is they are not honoring the word above everything in their life. They're not honoring it. They're not honoring God. They have no fear of the Lord. Like the B-side. We've preached his goodness so long that we've forgotten that, come on, there is a hell to shun. And there is consequences for every believer when they stand before the Lord. When he looks at your life and he says, I created you to be this and you rejected that. Amen. So here we recognize that we must do his word if we're going to truly say that we fear him, that we honor him, that we respect him, right? That we are uh, devoted to him. 
We're separated unto him. We will do what his word says in our life. Now, the next scripture that I want to read is out of Isaiah 33. We read this last week, and I want to reiterate our three main texts. It says, in that day, he will be your sure foundation or stability is what that means. He'll be your sure foundation. What is it? Or stability. Providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. You can be assured that if you fear him, if you honor him with your life, if you are committed to doing his word in every area of your life, you can be assured you will be on a solid foundation. You will have stability in your life. You will not be those that are tossed here and there. You will not be a person that always has chaos in their life. You will not be a person that's always having problems, always having gloom and doom. Listen, God's kingdom is a kingdom of life. And you must ask yourself, if I am not enjoying life, if I am not producing life, then there must be a problem with my honor. With my honor. Am I honoring his word above everything else? Because you cannot say you honor him without doing, right? He says, don't say you love me. Those who love me will what? Keep my word. Those who love me. So many people are, oh yeah, I love God. Oh yeah, I love God. I love God. I love God. And yet there's so much of their word you can see that they don't keep on a daily basis. On a daily basis, they don't keep his word. But you say you love him. If you love him, the scripture says, we're getting back to what scripture says, not your idea of what loving God is. What does scripture say? It says, if you love me, you'll keep my word. What is keep my word? You'll guard it in your heart. You'll actually do it. You'll put it above every every circumstance, every situation that you're going through, every problem that you're having. You're going to go to the what? Word. You're going to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, right? Those are who love him. Those are who honor him and fear him. Those that will do his word no matter what. Do his word no matter what. No matter who likes you, who doesn't like you. No matter, come on, no matter what your ungodly husband may say about you. I'm not going to let, if I was married to an ungodly, I would not let an ungodly husband take me to hell with him. I can guarantee you that. 
because I fear God. I honor him. And vice versa. Right? What You could have an ungodly wife, man. Are you going to let... You're going to let her lead you down paths of unrighteousness and lawlessness? You're going to let her lead you down the road, the highway to hell? Because you won't stand up and say, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to honor him. Right? This is truth now. I'm telling you, we are living in a crazy world, people. All right, and we talked about this storehouse or this treasure. It says the fear of the Lord will be your treasure. Oh, I want to get into that so much because there's so much, so much that God has for us that will just honor him. Come on, there's so much the scripture talks about for those who fear him. It is a great treasure a great treasure, and this treasure encompasses so much for our lives. Amen? But let me read you a couple of scriptures about actually uh, what we must do to honor the word. Amen? James 1. James 1, 22 through 25. James 1, verses 22 through 25, says it this way. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Right? And you know, we've ministered this so many times. How people are so deceived. And, what, and the number one reason people are deceived is because they come in, they come to church, they hear the word, but then they don't gain understanding and actually apply it to their life and do it in their life. And so therefore, many of them are become deceived. So many so that are we're seeing even so many believers walking away and not wanting anything to do with God. Which scripture says would happen in the last days. But uh, as pastors, we're seeing it unfold before our very eyes. People that are just choosing, I don't want to serve him anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. You don't want to do this anymore. This is life. You don't want to do this anymore. No honor, no fear of the Lord, no fear to say that you just don't want to do this anymore. Oh, man. Okay, so it says they're deceiving themselves. It says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, but not just looks in it, continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. There's that work that has to be produced. You have to produce it in your life, right? It says, this is the one who will be blessed in what he does. And many Christians, come on, who are not wanting to a 
apply and be a doer of the word of God in their life, they're seeing other people actually honoring God, fearing God, living for God, applying God in their everyday life, and God is blessing their life and honoring them, and they're seeing the fruitfulness of those that are producing the kingdom of God, and what's happening, they're starting to get jealous. And it's the bottom line is, and they're getting jealous because they are actually producing what they've been hearing. There's people sitting here hearing the same thing you've heard for years. And God is actually prospering them. And God is actually restoring their lives. Come on, people out of prison, their lives have been restored. People bound to drugs, their life has been restored. Why? Because they're actually doing what they've heard. And then people want to sit back. Oh, well, uh, well look at them. Uh. Yeah, look at them. Because the bottom line is God is not a respecter of person. He is not show favoritism. He loves us all and he wants us all to be blessed. He wants us all to prosper. He wants us all to have a good marriage. He wants us all to raise our children's children until the next generation that will honor the Lord and fear him. He wants us all to walk in health and healing. So don't get mad get glad. Don't get mad. Come on now. So what's he say? He says we ought to be a doer of the work. You know it is work. Let me tell you, it's easy work because his yoke is easy, but it is work to work the kingdom of God. How do you think out of 750 people, come on, that was uh, coming on a daily basis didn't get coronavirus because we had to work our faith every day. We had to stand up and say, it is not coming to this house. It will not be connected to anybody that calls themselves a part of this house. Every day you had to work it when you heard people coughing, when you hear people. Come on, when you watch the news, it's work. And you want to be lazy. There's people that want to be lazy and just think, you know, all this stuff is just going to fall on them. It don't fall on you. It doesn't fall on you. You have to work the word in your life. You have to work the word. You have to honor him and fear him. So uh, I want to read this out of the Amplified. It says, but prove yourselves. There's some proving that needs to happen. Oh, I don't have to prove anything. You've heard that. God's already approved me. Yes, he has. That's the A side. Simmer down. Oh, oh, that's the A side. But this scripture just says we have to prove ourselves a doer of the word. 
prove? Who are we proving it to? Everybody, but mainly the Lord. We're going to prove to him that we're going to work his word. We're going to work this kingdom. Come on. We must prove it, right? We must prove it. It says, but prove yourselves to be a doer of the word actively and continually obeying God's precepts. Not just one day I'm going to choose to forgive him. Come on, it is every day that I have to be married to another human being. I will walk in love and forgive 70 times 7, right? It's another opportunity because there's another day to apply and continue to walk in love or to do the word, whatever it may take, right? Every day is an opportunity to continue in it. It is not just a one-time thing, right? We must do it. That's what he says. He says, obeying God's precepts and not merely listeners who hear the word, but fail to internalize its meaning. So what is it saying? You fail to gain understanding of the meaning in your, wor- in your life. Of what the word is saying. And then he says, what will happen? You will be deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. Unsound reasoning, which is what we hear on the news every day. Wear your mask, don't wear your mask. Come on. Come on. Unsound reasoning. Wear your gloves, don't wear your gloves. Unsound reasoning. Aren't you thankful that the blood of Jesus applied by faith to your life can keep you protected? Hallelujah. Unsound reasoning is all we hear in this world. Reasoning why science trumps God. I'll go on. Psalms 112, verse 1 through 3. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Oh, this is good. Do you delight in his word? who delight greatly in his commandments. His descendants, the one who delights in the word, who delights in the commandments, his descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Don't get mad if I am blessed. Let me tell you, I honor the word with my life. Serious. It tells us right here that those that fear the Lord and delight in his commandments, his word, will be mighty on the earth and will be blessed. Why would you not want to fear him? 
Why would you not to want to rise up as kingdom citizens and have dominion in the earth and be mighty? What does it say? It says wealth and what? Riches are in his house. Those that honor the Lord. Those that fear him. Oh, there's another scripture that says honor the Lord with the tithe. Fear the Lord. Can we say that? Fear the Lord with the and you'll be it's all through scripture. All through scripture. Right? That's every area of your life. Every area of your life. Wealth and riches will be in your house and his righteousness will endure forever. Amen. So you ask yourself, if I'm not seeing the blessing of the Lord... Come on. Are we in a position of honor? And not just saying it, they honor me with their, but their hearts are what? It's all, it's all about honoring God with your life. With your life. And when you do that, there will be many, many things that he says will be yours. Do you know what it means to delight greatly in the word? Is the word, when you sit down to read the word, is it burdensome to you to have to sit down? Oh, I got to sit down and read my word. I got to go read my Bible reading plan. Is it burdensome to you or is it a delight to you? Do you know what that word delight means? That you are willing to bend to its ways. What does that mean to bend? That means you are going to submit to the word. Whatever the word says, I'm submitted to it and I'm going to do it his way and I'm going to have pleasure in doing it. It means delightful, pleasurable. I'm going to be I'm going to have pleasure doing his word and bending to his way of doing things. Isn't that what he says? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means his way of doing things. So when I delight myself in the Lord, I'm going to bend into his doing. Bend into his way of doing it. Come on. I'm going to yield to what the scripture says instead of how I feel. If I don't feel like, uh, you know, having to turn the other cheek. Right? It doesn't matter. I'm going to delight myself in the word and in his, in his laws and in his commandments, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to bend it that way. I'm not going to have a stiff necked, rebellious way or position. Because when you won't bend in, what are you doing? Being a stiff neck, rebellious child. Have you ever had a strong will child? 
They never want to bend to what their parent tells them they need to do. Amen. So, this is what it means to delight in his word. Come on, we're going to submit to it. We're going to submit to it. We're going to bend in to it and have pleasure in doing it. Instead of us saying, oh, his word's just too hard. Come on, I've heard it. Oh, I just, I mean, I mean, he wants me to give up this. He wants me to do that. I mean, la, 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 la. You mean I have to forgive them and turn the other cheek? I mean, do you not know what they've said to me? Do you not know what they've done to me? Do you not know how they've slandered me? Do you not know? Come on. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. Because let me tell you, it says in Scripture, those that fear him, oh, those that fear him and do his word, those that come against them, It won't be a good payday out for them. This is what scripture says. This is what scripture says. Psalms 40 verse 8 says it this way. Delight. I delight to do thy will. Oh my God, yay. Thy law is within my heart. Do you know that's why he gave us a new heart? And he said he wrote his laws in it. So our spirit ought to want to do his word. And when it doesn't, just go ahead and call it what it is, rebellion. It's rebellion. You're rebelling against doing it his way. When you choose not to do his will. Psalms 119.11 this is good, isn't it? Yes. I, I love the word. It just gets me pumped. You know why I love it? I delight in it. You know why I delight in it? Because I've proven it year after 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 year for 30 years. Proved it over and over and over and over again in my life. Amen. Amen. This is not something I just decided I would try as a different religion. Yeah, maybe I'll try that. You know, I, I once did meditation and had, you know, worship Buddha. And No. I'm not going to try God like I tried every other thing else. He's real. All the other is nothing. So in Psalms 119, verse 11, it says, Your word I have treasured in my heart. I've treasured it in my heart. And then we can see that it says, That I may not sin against you. The, the reason we want to honor and fear him and treasure the word and do the word is because when the word is in there, come on, you'll yield to the word instead of living in a life of sin. When people are in sin, the first thing I know is they've not been in the word. It is human humanity. 
believers, they stop tithing, stop coming to church, you know, start complaining. I mean, it's all human cycles. And it's all a result of flesh and not being in the word to renew your mind. Amen. So we are to treasure the word in our hearts so that we won't sin against him. Psalms 119, 32 through 34. I will run the way of your commandments with purpose. I'll run the way of your commandments with purpose. For you will give me a heart that is willing. Listen to this. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will steadfastly observe it to the end. Give me understanding. What is so important about understanding? Here he goes. He says, a teachable heart and the ability to learn. So many Christians become hard-hearted sitting here letting their hearts get hardened because they won't actually remain teachable because they get lifted up in pride. Oh, I've heard pastor preach that 15,000 times, right? You don't have a teachable heart. You don't have a teachable heart. So he goes on to say, and the ability to learn. When you don't have a teachable heart, you're not going to have any ability to understand anything that the Lord's trying to teach you. Okay? It says that I may keep your law and observe it with all my, what? Heart. With all my heart. Psalms 34, 11, Come, my children, and listen to me. And I will teach you to fear the Lord. Come, my children, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. So this is part of the Holy Spirit's job through the Word of God is to teach us to fear Him, how to honor Him. And when we actually will begin to honor him by first just honoring by doing the word that's been spoken uh, and that we read every day in our lives, then guess what will happen? Then we'll be in a position, come on, that we are uh, growing in who he is and who we are in him and we are growing in his love and growing in our relationship with him. And we're going to then get into a position where everything he says that we do by fearing him and honoring him will start working in our lives. It will start working in our lives. But so many times people want to do it for a month, do it for a week, (laughs) you know. No, he says who is consistently doing the word, consistently doing it, applying it to your life. He wants to teach us. He says, listen, amen. But this lets us know that we must be teachable, that we must be teachable. Uh, Three more scriptures and we're almost finished. It says in Proverbs 14, verse 26 through 27, Proverbs 14, 26 through 
27, it says, those who fear the Lord are secure. Those that fear the Lord, people that are dealing with insecurities, why don't you just start honoring him? So simple. Isn't the word simple? It is not complicated. It is not hard. He says his ways are easy. It is not burdensome. It's so simple. But we overcomplicate it because we want to do what we want to do. And how we want to do it. And how we decide we want to honor God. And how we decide we want to worship God. And how we decide we want to forgive somebody. I'll give them, I'll forgive them this much. But buddy, if they do it again. Right? See what I'm saying? We want to play games. And act like we're doing something that we're really not. Because it takes all of our heart. All of it, right? So he goes on and, and, and he says, those who fear the Lord are secure. Of course, that has to do with uh, stability. Back to that one scripture that we read earlier at the beginning has to do with uh, having a foundation, not being a person of, of, of fear, but you can be, those that fear him can be secure in their relationship with him. And then he goes on to say, and he will be a refuge for their children. Let me tell you something. How you honor the Lord in front of your children. Because this is, we, we, we've, we've been taught that this has not a whole lot to do with us. But... God working through us to help what? Reconcile man unto himself and that our lives are to affect other individuals' lives. And how we honor God and how we say uh, out of, you know, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How we do God in front of our children is going to determine will this generation that I'm raising honor God the way that I honored him. And you could see it all through the Old Testament, right? They went and they taught their children's children what? To honor God. And so how you live and how you represent God and how you honor him today or dishonor him, your children are watching. And so if they grow up to be stiff-necked, rebellious, you need to look back. Sometimes uh, they've got their own will and you could have raised them just like the father raised a perfect child, Adam, and he still rebelled. But a lot of times, come on. It's because of how we dishonored God that our children don't, they're a mess, you know, or whatever the case may be. So he lets us know that those who fear the Lord are secure and he will be a refuge for their children. Verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. 
a life-giving fountain, which goes back to where he said, those that fear the Lord will have a treasury. It is also in this context that there is a lot of things that will be produced out of your life when you honor him. This fountain, this life-giving fountain, it says what? It offers escape from the snares of death. You don't have to fear. Right? You don't have to fear. But this life-giving fountain, what does this mean? Those that fear the Lord. Back to those that fear the Lord, the beginning is wisdom, knowledge, right, of who he is. It's the same thing with this life-giving fountain. He's the source. The fear of the Lord, honoring him is your source, is your fountain. If you, listen, everything, you know the Bible says out of the issues of the uh, heart, right, to guard your heart with all, uh, because out of it flows what? The issues of life. Honor. Honor. If there is a lack of honor, you will see a fountain or flow in your life that dishonors God. There'll be consequences. So if you honor him, you'll see a fountain of life. But if you live a life that's dishonoring to him and you don't fear him, then guess what? You're going to have a, 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 just a deathbed. Everything you put your hand to is not going to prosper. There's going to be chaos in your life. There's going to be trials and, or, you know, uh, storms and chaos and calamity. So he lets us know that this is to honor him, that there's life there. There's a fountain there. There's a source of a wellspring, the Bible actually says it's a spring or it's a source of life, a wellspring. And actually, he talks about, too, when you look it up, it talks about uh, just the source of everything you need in life. Everything you need in life. Just like it, it gives it a picture when you look it up, uh, a picture of a woman giving birth to a child. The wellspring that's in her womb that has everything within it to take care of that child to when she gives birth, you know, and you have to cut the cord, right? Everything, that source, every nutrients, every supply, everything that child needs in the womb, it's a spring of life. So when we honor him, that fountain will flow fresh. That source and that supply that he has for your life on an everyday basis will flow fresh. It will be there for you, right? It will bring life into every situation that you're in. Every situation, your family, your job, 
whatever your purpose, whatever it is that you, uh, you know, are doing in life, as long as you are honoring him by obeying his word and keeping his word and living for him, then there ought to be a source flowing, a life that you can be a joy. You can be in peace. You can be, uh, know that you can be, uh, taken care of no matter what's going on in the world. You don't have to fear because there is life where you're at because you fear him and you honor him. All right. When you look up this life giving fountain, I thought it was interesting. I've got two scriptures and I'll be done because I wanted to talk about this wellspring, this fountain. Because what we're seeing is that so many people are muddying the fountain up. Jeremiah 2.13 says this, For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. He calls himself the fountain of living water. And he let, remember Jeremiah, he's the prophet going in to say, thus saith the Lord. And he let them know that the people have done two evils. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that hold no water at all. And when we choose to dishonor God, we are drilling our own well, so to speak, that's not going to flow fresh water. It's going to flow stagnant water. It's going to have cracks in it. It's going to dry up. And it's all because we do not honor God. Look at our nation. When they didn't want God in the schools, what did we get instead? Guns. When they didn't want God in the courtrooms, what did we get? Judges that judge the way they want to. We have cisterns that have dried up. that are not flowing with the fountain of life anymore. Marriages that choose to not honor God and put God first in their life. Guess what? It's going to dry up. You are going to have cracks in your marriages. People that choose not to raise their children to honor God. Guess what your children are going to do? Rebel. Right? So Jeremiah, I mean, here's God speaking through Jeremiah to warn people that I'm the fountain of living water. And they've chosen to do it themselves. Do it their way. Not bend into the way I told them to do it. Right? And then in Proverbs 25, verse 26, listen to what it says. It says, if the godly give in to the wicked, which is what we're seeing in our society. 
We're yielding ourselves to the wicked ways of this world. Don't try to act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then you need to have a wake-up call with God, right, as a child of God. It says, Proverbs, it says, if the godly give into the wicked, it is like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. So every time we choose, come on, to yield to the wicked ways of this world, we are muddying our fountain, our source of life, which comes from us truly honoring God. Which is what I call mixture. You want to live like the world, partake of things of the world, but call yourself a Christian. Do everything the world's doing. Shack up, drink alcohol on a weekly basis, you know, uh, uh, listen to their philosophies and the way they do things in, for the name of science and the good of all man. Come on. We're muddying the fountain of life. We are not honoring God as the one that has absolute truth. When we become politically correct because we don't want to offend somebody and actually tell them what true faith is versus fear, we're muddying the water. The fountain. We're not honoring God. We're not being a voice of truth, which is what he said his church should be, a support and pillar of truth in the world. And if there's ever a day and ever an hour that we cannot muddy the waters up, it must be now. It must be now. Because people ought to want to taste and see that the Lord is good. That that water, have you ever gone to a spring and drink the pure water and it just is so refreshing and so good? Anybody ever drank out of a real spring? Right? It's pure. But we've got so many people muddying it up because they're not honoring God with what the word says, amen, with their life. So here he lets us know, listen, if you'll just fear me, I'll be a fountain flowing so fresh every day, a, a river flowing, come on, in your life. I'll give you everything you need, every bit of nourishment, every source of supply that you need. I'll give you everything if you'll just honor me. If you'll just honor me, if you'll just fear me, do you fear me or do you fear man? Are you concerned about what your spouse would say? Are you concerned about what your employer would say? Are you concerned about having to cut off some friends uh, because, uh, you know, of their character is not in line with the scripture and you don't want to be corrupted by their character? Are you going to honor God? Or are you going to do these things that the world lets you think that you can do and be okay? 
Amen. Amen. So let me leave you with what he says real quick. Those that fear the Lord will be secure. Those that uh, fear the Lord will have stability and a strong foundation. Those uh, who fear the Lord will know his loyal, unfailing love. Those that fear the Lord will have protection from the evil one. Those that fear the Lord will have wealth and riches. Those that fear the Lord, their descendants and generations will be mighty on the earth. Those that fear the the Lord will have all provision. They will have all that they need. They will have no want. Those that fear the Lord have a treasury laid up for them that's full, uh, full of everything they need to fulfill their purpose in the earth. Those that fear the Lord will have wisdom beyond their years, wisdom beyond this world. Those that fear the Lord will have weapons of warfare. Those that fear the Lord will have angels encamped around them. Those that fear the Lord will have long life and years added to their life. Those that fear the Lord will escape the snares of death. Those that fear the Lord will have confidence. Those that fear the Lord will not have to worry about man. What can man do to them? Those that fear the Lord, listen to this man, will sleep satisfied. Those that fear the Lord will have a heart established in trust and not in fear. Those that fear the Lord will hate and depart from evil. Those that fear the Lord, their enemy will even become at peace with them. Those that fear the Lord, listen to this, will bring forth glory. Those that fear the Lord, those that honor Him, those that will say, I will always live for Him and do what His Word says. Those who fear Him. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. 